Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, July 2nd, 2023, we start a new series called Spiritual Disciplines, Training for Godliness. The first message in the series is Confession and Praise, taught today by Pastor Bob Wade out of Psalm 139. This morning we're going to be taking a little excursion too from the passage there in Luke. You see, for the last six months, we've been working our way through the gospel of Luke. And we came to the end uh, last week uh, of chapter six, where Jesus talks about building our lives on a firm foundation. He's the firm foundation. Building our lives on him. What does that mean? You know, when we reach something as important as that, as a statement like that, we want to just stop and, and expand that further. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about how do we actually grow? We're, we're entitling it spiritual disciplines because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some disciplines, you know, in our lives, you know, because growing needs to be an intentional thing. It doesn't happen by osmosis. In fact, the New Testament term that Paul uses for growing is the word training. Training is something that he will talk about really pays off for us spiritually. That each of us can grow when we want and need that in our lives. You know, when, when, the, when the storms of life hit, we want that firm foundation. It doesn't allow us to be blown from side to side or blown away or destroyed. You want something that's going to hold us solid. So we have to train. Paul actually wrote to his disciple Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And he said this in verse 7. He said, train yourself for godliness. In other words, pursue it. It's not okay for you to come and go, look, you know, he had that prayer. I prayed that prayer. And so I believe. And so I'm going to go to heaven that's all I need. I don't, I don't want anything else. No, 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 that's not. You're missing it completely. You know, coming to faith in Jesus Christ is not about getting life insurance. It's about having a relationship with the King of Kings. It's about really knowing him. He's telling us to pursue that. He comes back in verse eight and he says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. In other words, growing is a really good thing. But again, it has to be intentional. I mean, if you work out at all, you understand that you're not gonna grow muscles. Your muscles are not gonna expand and get stronger without you exercising them. Maybe your table muscles. That would maybe be the, you know. But I mean, other than that, it's not gonna happen. And the same thing is true spiritually. I'm not going to grow deeper in my walk with Christ if I do nothing. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to pause our study of Luke and be intentional and focus in on that statement by Jesus about building on that strong foundation, that firm foundation, building our relationship with Jesus. Now, hopefully every single week, we're going to give you some training tips to take home with you. And hopefully even today, you'll get some. But here's the key. The key is you have to, inside of you, you have to want to grow. You have to want to be closer to Jesus. If you you are, I will tell you that this series is going to be 
wonderful. You're going to get a ton out of it. But if you're thinking, nah, I don't need that. I've had that before in my life. I, I really don't need that any longer. You're going to miss out on an intimately knowing at a, at, a, at a better level, the one who loves you, the one who has adopted you into his family, the one who brings peace between you and him, the one who has purpose for your life. Folks, this is, spiritually, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Get a chance to get closer to the King of Kings. My hope is that's what you want. I'm gonna be honest with you that, that I, I want that deeply for my own life. I have no desire to stop my spiritual growth and just go, you know what? There was a time in my life where I was, you know, memorizing God's word and I was growing, you know, and I could just sense God at work. I knew what God really wanted from me. I mean, I really felt that closest. But, you know, hey, listen, I'm retired now, so I don't have to do that anymore. No. I want that, that, that relationship I have with Jesus to be new every morning. I want to be tight together. I want my, my heart to beat with a sense of excitement because I can sense the Holy Spirit working in my life. And I'm, my, my hope and prayer is that you want the same things. If you do, it's going to be awesome. If you don't, you're not going to get much out of this. And so I'm just going to pray. I'm going to stop and we get, before we jump into this, I'm going to pray. And my prayer is, and I'm just going to ask one thing of you, would you just ask, say, God, would you just make me open to, to growing deeper with you? Okay, pray with me. Father, I pray that even this morning, Lord, you would start the process of stirring our hearts to training our lives to go deeper with you. And what that means, what you're calling us to. Lord, I pray that we could work through the time issues or whatever the case may be so that we could have that, that sweet time with you, Lord. That's what we want. And I ask you to bring that about in Jesus' name. Amen. This series, this series really, uh, um, the primary text, by the way, is Psalm 139. I, I, if you're not there, you can make sure you turn over to that. This series is really going to start off by talking about two different spiritual disciplines. And actually, these are spiritual disciplines that don't sound like they would go together at all. But they do. It's the discipline of confession and the discipline of praise. You say, well, how do they possibly go together? They, they go together because they are both, you know, predicated on one thing, agreeing with God. Agreeing with God. You see, that word confession biblically means to agree with God. So when I confess, what I'm agreeing with God about is me. It's agreeing with God about who I am personally. By agreeing, I'm saying that I know these things that are true. 
Agreeing with God is being able to say, God, I know that I fall short of your standard. Or God, I know that somehow I, I haven't been able to keep control of my emotions and I get angry so easily even when I'm driving my car, you know, and, and somebody else is not driving, you know, fast enough or two cars. You ever been driving along and two cars are just going like this, like right along and you can't get her? Anyway, um, I mean, that really, that's the one that gets me. God, I agree that there are times that I love the world too much. God, I agree that there are times that I put things before you. God, I agree that there are moments that I know my friends are online, you know, talking about something or playing some game, and instead of spending any time with you, I'd rather spend all my time with them. It's confession. Listen to what David has to say about this. Back in Psalm 139, look at the last two verses there. David stops and he says this in verse 23, search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about confession. You know, for some people, when you hear that word confession, you immediately think of shame or guilt. That's not what we're talking about at all. That's not the Lord's doing. The Lord doesn't do that. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan would like nothing better than for you to feel guilty and lousy spiritually all of the time. He would like nothing better than for you to feel like, you know what, I can't go to God. I, I just feel like if I go to God, he's gonna tell me all these areas of my life that are just out of control and I can't take that. I'm already you know, battling some form of depression. I can't do that. And so you know, we don't even wanna go. And so you hear me stand up here you know, before you and say, look, you need to go to God you know, every single day and confess. And you're thinking, why would I wanna do that and feel lousy every thing, single day? I don't wanna do that. And my answer to that is that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go to the God who died to take away your shame. The God who died to take away your guilt. Because that's what Romans tell us, that if we're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. Biblical confession is intended to draw me close to Jesus, not drive me away. I mean, yes, confession begins with agreeing with God about my sin. But it's also realizing who our God is and how he deals with us, how he thinks about us. In fact, confession really, really comes down to four things that you need to keep in mind. You know, one is you need to understand how merciful God really is on your behalf. Paul in, in, in Ephesians chapter two wrote these words in verses four and five. He says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ for by grace you have been saved. Do you realize what he's saying there? Why you're here as a believer in Christ? Because our God's merciful and that's what he extended to you. He didn't give you what you deserved. He let his son take what you deserved.
But then he, we also need to understand how intentional his love for me really is. You know, we, two years ago, we spent two years going through the book of Romans, you know, and in Romans, you know, it's so clear about the fact that God's love is intentional because he tells us in Romans 5, 8 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, God didn't say, look, you can come into heaven and, and be my child if you get these things in order. That's not what he said. He died for us while we were sinners. He died to change us. Thirdly, we can also know how true and certain his forgiveness really is. You know, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But his true and justice, it goes way beyond even just forgiving us our sins because Hebrews 8, 12 tells us that he has the ability not even to remember them anymore. Do you know anybody else like that? No one. But our God can do that because he chooses to do it. On top of that, how his knowledge of us is total and complete. Again, go back to Psalm 139 here. Listen to what David has to say about God examining his life, starting with verse one. He says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down on are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in be behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. Now, when you hear that, what do you hear? Because I'll tell you what I hear. I hear a God who knows everything about me. Even before I think the thought or make the word come to my mouth, he knows it. So he knows completely my, my heart, my attitude, everything. And he still loves me. He hymns me in before and behind. He places his hand on me. Have you ever been with your kids or your grandkids when you're doing something and it's dark and it's loud or scary or you know the thunder hits and they, they kind of get over really close to you like this and you can simply put your arm around them and hold them or just a hand on their knee and they, just, and they feel better immediately? That's the picture of God just saying, look, I got you, both sides, I'm holding on. God is safe to go to. Our God is safe to go to. Confession is not about you feeling lousy and guilty about yourself. It is moving you back to that place where you realize the one who knows you the best and by choice loved you is acting on his love and drawing you closer. The goal of confession is not shame. It's to get me back in tune with the Holy Spirit so I can sense God's leading in my life. See, confession becomes the mechanism that restores a broken and scarred relationship between me and God so that I can be close to him. Can you remember when you were close to him? Can you remember a time where you just were, man, you were so excited. Every, every song came on, just, it stirred your heart. You, you'd open up God's word and you'd read it and it just, man, it was just profound. 
I mean, I can remember that clearly in my life and I gotta be honest with you, I still want that. Again, Christianity is not supposed to, I get to this line and then I stop growing. I don't need to grow anymore. No, the only time that happens is when Jesus says that's enough when you stand before him in the kingdom. I, I still want to grow and it's my prayer that you want the very same thing. There are other times in my life though I can remember not being close. I can remember times where I just felt like, I mean, just a, just a little bit like, I'm ah, really not sure what God wants me to do. Really not sure what I should say here. Really not sure where I'm supposed to be involved. Look, if you wanna be in tune with the Holy Spirit, this is really important for you to understand. You need to realize at this point that God didn't move. You did. You got busy. Your schedule filled up. You got tons of things to do. Live a faster paced life. More people in the family. Everybody needs to get loved. I gotta return this phone call and we got this project, can't wait forever, you know, and there's all these different things. People that know me in the office know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a really, I got a to-do list. If you're not on my to-do list, you may not, you know, get, get in that day. I don't want to live like that. The thing that, the, the one thing that should be the priority of all things, of everything else is my time with Jesus. If, if it's not, you need to change. He, God didn't move, you did. Confession, though, does require something of me. The starting place is humility. I'm supposed to come to him humbly, realizing that he knows me and he loves me better than anybody else, and then he is the expert on me. I mean, think of it this way. Let's say you had something that's incredibly valuable. I mean, it's basically priceless, but it's not functioning as it was intended to function. Well, you'd want a true expert, right? The designer, the maintainer, diagnose what is not working right. The problem is, I'm gonna be honest with you, you're not the expert. You see, even two weeks ago when, you know, in, in Luke chapter six, Jesus is talking and he's talking about, he says, why do you look at that speck in your, own, your neighbor's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? You see, sin sometimes causes us to be nearsighted. And so we need people in our lives for accountability that come alongside of us and help us know, you know what? That's over the line. We need people that can help us knowing where we're at an expert, someone who is the expert. You ever heard of Charles Steinmetz? Steinmetz was a, an electrical engineer with General Electric and was really widely considered to be a, a, an absolute genius. He, he retired from, from GE and a few months later into his retirement, GE was working on this large corporate you know, project that they were working on and all of the engineers were completely stumped and had no idea what to do. And so they called Steinmetz to come in you know, and, and, and consult with him, hoping that he'll have an idea. So he walks in 
He walks around the project, which is pretty good size, you know, project there. He walks around the project for less than three minutes, stops, pulls out a piece of chalk, and goes up on one certain panel and puts a little X, and he says, the problem is right there. And then he turns and walks out. Of course, the GE engineers, you know, they're jumping. Oh, let's take this apart, you know, and they get in there and realize he was absolutely right. That's exactly where the problem was. Two weeks later, GE gets this bill in the mail for $10,000, 5,000 a minute. The accounting department writes back and says, could you give us a cost breakdown on this? Steinmetz writes back, for the chalk mark, $1. For knowing where to put it, $9,999. You see, he knew where to put the chalk mark. Folks, Jesus knows where to put the chalk mark in my life. He's the expert, the creator, the sustainer, my savior and Lord, He's the one that knows what needs to happen, but it requires my humility. See, humility changes my attitude before the Lord. King David in Psalm 51 writes, and he says, look, when you come before the Lord, you need to come with a broken and contrite heart because that is exactly what God will not reject. A broken and contrite heart is a humble heart. It's God. I don't know if I need a mark or I you know, don't need a mark, but I'm coming before you to asking you, do I need it? And if so, would you place it? Because I wanna be close to you, God. Then we humbly invite God we, to come back in and search us. It's that verse again from Psalm 139. Go back to verse 23 there. At that point then, you search me, O God. Know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, if I need it, would you put the mark on my life? Will you tell me exactly what needs to change? Then, according to James chapter 4, verse 10, I simply allow God to pick me back up again. James writes and he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you then. That's what he'll do. See, when this happens, confession then ends up resulting in praise. You see how the two fit together? When I humbly come before the Lord and I agree with him about who I am, inviting him to to search me, and change me. I realize his love for me and his knowledge of me and his plan for me and his exercise of mercy you know, to me, all of this. When I realize all of that, then the natural reaction is to agree with him about him, of how amazing and wonderful and incredible and perfect and awesome he is. The two go together. I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come back and they'll join me.
Listen to King, what King David says here about coming before the Lord. In Psalm 100, he says, come into his presence singing, knowing that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And you don't just do that once. Hebrews chapter 13, 15 tells us where to do it regularly. He says, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. And so here's your training tip for this week. Find some time every single day to agree with God. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning, the afternoon, the night. You need to place it out before the Lord. God, is there anything in my life? I'm inviting you to search me. Is there anything in my life that's wrong, that's hurtful, that moves me away from you? Because I don't want that. And then when you recognize and realize how amazingly wonderful he is, how merciful he is, how much he knows about me, how he's forgiven me and moving into the place of forgetting my sin and how he, he loves me, it's so easy to stop and agree with him about him, how amazing he is. Jesus in John 4 told us, Yet the Father is seeking, seeking such people, true worshipers, to worship him. And so this morning, we're going to be taking communion. And you're going to get a chance to exercise both of those disciplines. You see, Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians 11, in verse 28 there, and he tells us that we are to examine our hearts as believers, we are to examine our hearts to make sure there's nothing between us and God. There is no wrong or sin inside of us that we're harboring and hiding away like God doesn't know it. But that we would go before the Lord and get right with the Lord so that we might be able to come back again after agreeing with him about us and be able to worship because we agree with him about him. So I'm gonna ask you to take, take a moment right where you're at. If just for a moment, would you do me a favor? Would you stop, close your eyes, not because there's anything you know, uniquely spiritual about that, but simply because it keeps you focused on you and not anybody else. Is there anything between you and God? This is the time to get it right. Invite him to search you. All this morning is for every single person that's here this morning is to be more like Jesus. You see, if you came just as a visitor and you've never, you know, had a relationship with Christ, you've never started, you never prayed and asked him to come into your life. Romans 10, 13 tells us whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's, that's that call that's beating in your heart. I'd encourage you, there are people that are down here that would love to be able to pray with you, to pray for you, to encourage you. They're here. Don't miss that opportunity. If you already have done that, if you've already prayed that prayer and trusted in Christ, 
but you just get caught up in the things of the world. The call, again, is to be more like Jesus. He's calling you back to that relationship where you're tight, you're close together. Confession is not your enemy. It's the tool that brings us back to that close walk with Jesus. This week, agree with him about you. That you fall short of his standards. Knowing how he feels about you, what he's done for you. And then agree with him about him and worship him.